Uh, no, no, like it's like a um, so you formal. Watch, it's did so you watch formal. a movie? Um, Which Netflix show? John Wick. John Wick. I, Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy that owns the continent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the continent. I want. I, I want to watch the number four. I haven't watched it yet. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> too much. Oh, I, I know. It's just like um. Donnie Yen's in it. But like, yeah, like a, no. A blind assassin or something yeah, like that. Yeah, dude. I don't know. That's how much. Did, I mean. You cannot kill that many people with one person. That's also impossible. And then when I tried to make a, a joke about the movie, and then um, my wife and she said like, "Do you think there's a universe? There's a Iron Man? It's the same shit." Hey man, <laughs> after you watch Avengers, there's so much. There's, there's something called the multiverse. Yeah, anything's well, possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> hey, so yeah, man. Once again, oh. welcome, and um, thank you for actually giving your busy time with us. And, uh, and especially our uh, the the bar that we met first time, actually the first time we met here first time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, no, it was definitely. I think it was here actually. It was here, right? It yeah. was definitely here first. Yeah, almost, yeah, almost th more than three, four more, years. Yeah, ago. more yeah, than three years, man. We we still young. I don't know about you, but I'm oh. still young. <laughs> I, I I still feel young. So thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> so um. I think what I wanted to know, and then what I think what people wanted to see, like how you guys, as I mean, we're gonna we're gonna mention now our post that what do you do and uh, what do you usually? I mean, you're a busy person. Oh sure. But yeah, sure. But how did everything started and now? Um, oh sure. Uh, so um, should I introduce yeah, yeah, myself yeah, yeah. first, yeah, like sure. to the? Uh, no, so um, first of all, um, you know, to the to your viewers out there, um, my name is Jonathan Song. I'm the global director for Plaza Premium Group for business development for Plaza Premium Group. So what what is Plaza Premium Group? Like we are a company that has been started 25 years ago. We started our first operations in Hong Kong. We are a global airport hospitality company. Uh, many of um, many of you actually, especially those yeah. in Hong Kong will know us as Plaza Premium Lounge. That is our first lounge concept. So that's our, um, that's where we started off. So a Plaza Premium Lounge. So, but before I talk about the detail of yeah, Plaza yeah, Premium yeah. Lounge, let me share with you a little bit of the origin. Yeah. So actually this company is my family's company. My, my father actually started the company um, over almost 25 years ago. And 25 years ago, there was a, no such thing as what we call today, an independent airport lounge. So in the past, when you think about travel, yes, um, you know, only lounges are only for first class or business class people, right? So you have to be first class, business class to 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 enter into an airline lounge. So what my father did twenty five years ago, he used to be working in the finance industry yeah. back in the day, and he used to be enjoying all the perks of travel. You know, he he traveled business class. Yes. He has lounges he has car limousine he has everything all those all those perks but when he quit his job in the finance industry he immediately lost all those perks he's like yeah. so he no longer flew business class he flew economy class but so he no longer had the status to go in fly uh, enter into the business class lounges for in, in the airline business class lounges so he felt like wait a minute that's not right it's yeah. not i i i i I, I could still make money. Why can't I go into a airline lounge? That doesn't make sense. Then he had a eureka moment. He's like, wait a minute, eureka. If you look into a full board of the plane, yeah, 20% of the plane is first class, business class. 20% only. And only 20%. But 80% is economy class. Are you telling me that out of the 80%, there are no one that is willing to pay some monies 
to enter into a lounge to enjoy the space. So he proved the he proved this concept and said, hey, actually, there are people out there who are going to pay money out of their pocket to enjoy lounge services. So that's where they did the first one in Hong Kong. So that's why we come up with the first Plaza Premium Lounge. Plaza Premium Lounge, right? That's no, right. I think what 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 I understand in my point of view also, you guys try to tap into the market that actually that time 25 years ago right yes, that was a, that was a scene of future and now getting back to uh this time it's not only about the 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 what you guys provided is uh the service also is very important you always talk about service is very important 100%. now in the industry it's f and b right for sure yeah i mean like we're quite a, we're in a similar industry actually if not the same yeah. but the only difference is that we're located not in downtown but we're located in the airport airport, uh, airport you know, people in the past like always think of airports just like a transportation hub. You go there just to fly from point A to point B. But, you know, especially over the past few years, it's no longer just about, you know, being uh, flying from one airport to another. It's all about an experience. Everyone's kind of putting more emphasis on it. I mean, think about it. Hong Kong International Airport. Look at all the changes that they're doing. I'm, I'm sure you flew quite recently. Yeah, yeah. Look at all the great renovation that yeah. they're doing. It's, it's pretty pretty sweet yeah uh, look at Singapore uh, Changi International Airport butterfly garden cinemas waterfall you know, yeah. I know so like you you must ask yourself like hey what are these guys doing why are they doing this well it's very very simple and very clear it's become so important and apparent that it's important to have a strong airport because if you're a strong airport your airport con in a way kind of acts like an economic driver of the country or the city to be able to attract customers especially if you are a transit hub. So Hong Kong is a transit hub. Transit hub. Yeah, so Hong Kong is a transit hub. Uh, Singapore is a transit hub. So think of it this way. Uh, that's what sometimes I, I kind of try to tell people. Think of if you're trying to fly between Sydney to fly to London. How many, in, in the past, maybe there's only one way to get to Sydney to London. Uh, but now, think of it this way. People from Sydney to London, they can go, they can fly six different airlines they have so many choices to fly just to go from Sydney to London. They can go via Hong Kong, via Bangkok, via Singapore, via Japan, via the Middle East in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, via Istanbul, you name it. There's all so many different. So nowadays, airlines are the thinking and also um, are like, they cannot just compete on price. Price is only one factor. Yeah, one factor. They have to compete on the... Um, non-price uh, sensitive uh, kind of experiences and that's where the airport comes in so this is where I, a lot of, this is why a lot of airports try to compete with each other to make sure that they have good experiences and we're just one of the many partners to be able to help and support the airports to make it a more attractive proposition for air uh, for guests to travel and into that airport respectively I think the first time <clears throat> I found out about from from you actually how many there's a number before COVID. Yeah, yeah. Every year, how many people actually sure, come uh, from through yeah. the end? So actually, um, so uh, prior uh, prior to COVID, um, uh, definitely, um, uh, at our peak, at one point, we were taking care of around 26 million uh, guests uh, a year. In, in all Hong Kong. Of, oh, all, uh, uh, 26 all million all, all over the world. Over I mean, world. because like we're, um, we have multiple stations all over. So yeah. we operate in, um, well, today, now we operate in almost all, over 80, uh, 80 international yeah. airports with around over 280 outlets worldwide. So uh, we, have, we have expanded quite widely, but not just in lounges, but in other services uh, all across the airport vertical. Yeah. yeah. 
No, but I was going to ask, how many people actually use Hong Kong airport every year before COVID? That was like 70 million? Yeah, was I, I, it, it was like as high as, if I'm not mistaken, like around 75 million. Yeah, yeah. It, it was at its peak, around 75 million, around that figure, or 78 million. Um, and that like, was, that was like its peak, and it was going to continue growing like, I mean, yeah. prior to COVID in 2019. But come, like, you know, uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, I think the whole aviation industry as a whole, I mean, particularly in Hong Kong, dropped quite drastically so i think the traffic at one point dropped to almost uh um dropped by almost 98 percent if not 97 percent i mean like well, i mean that time because of uh, because of covid right That's yeah i mean like no one number one covid and then there was of course strict quarantines uh there you had to have your your injections before yeah, you come yeah, yeah. in so it was too cumbersome for anyone to travel so and I think in this part of the world, especially in more East Asia or Asia Pacific, or maybe particularly Hong Kong and uh, in China, we were a little bit stricter in terms of the COVID control. Yeah. So that's why um, we only recently, for example, only opened up our borders around the March of 2023. Yeah. Yeah. COVID was 2020, early 2020. Yeah. That's almost three years. So you can understand where the, where the gap was a little bit. Yeah. Man, that was a huge jump from 98. Now I think, I hope, and I, I believe things have changed. And we kind of getting normal. As you see a lot of travel, uh, air, air, airline company actually giving away free tickets to come to Hong Kong. Yeah, I, I, even, I, I even applied for the lucky draw, but I haven't, I haven't gotten anything. <laughs> I think, honestly, like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not lucky enough yeah. or I, have, I wasn't. Or I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't met anyone who actually won. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, who knows? Maybe yeah. tomorrow we'll be lucky. Yeah, 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 tomorrow lucky. <laughs> now, actually, I want to go back yeah, sure. um, to do your, um, I mean, I know you're young, but more on the younger side of you when you were studying. And I heard our stories that from uh, Robin Day and people yeah. that used to, when you were holidays, you come back Hong Kong and you actually help your, yeah. help your um, family business Correct. in the airport. Like, that's true right that's oh that's 100 100 those are just made up stories i i have the battle scores so yeah. I'm, just, I'm just kidding no so like um because like growing up we're uh um we're a family business and i would also like to tell people that we're a business family yeah so you know like you know like how oh, for us like we talk about business all the time uh, ever since i was young uh, from when i was young till like you know even uh, at high school time at the dinner table, we're always talking about business, always looking about opportunities. Everything is just about, you know, ideas that we can use to apply for our business. So oh, growing up, um, that was always a discussion on the dinner yeah. table. But of course, during summers, um, as I think I still recall like at the age, I think it was 15 and, or 16. Um, I would every summer would spend at least uh, one or two months uh, inside the uh, Hong Kong International Airport. So um, I would have multiple occupations. Um, I was... Okay, let me stop. So summer yeah. holidays, your peers, your, student, your friends will go for summer holidays and they're yeah, traveling, so. you know, doing cool stuff and you have to come back. I, I, guess, I, I, I guess I had to pay my dues, you know. <laughs> uh, my father sometimes, uh, my, my, my parents always joke. They're like, hey, you know what? Uh, we need ROI on you. We spent so much money on you. Return on investment. You gotta pay it back. So at the age of 15, 16, yeah. while friends are going on holidays for ski trips, going yeah. to like all this, um, I was in the airport um, and I was working at multiple um, uh, jobs. Uh, they, I was working at the front desk, you know, taking care of the guests, uh, uh, swiping them in as they come through. Yeah. Uh, I was working as an electrician. Um, I was working in the kitchen peeling potatoes. <laughs> I was also working um, uh, in the IT department. 
I was also working in the logistics department. So like, for example, logistics department, think of it like this. Um, um, you, um, you know, like in uh, Hong Kong, for example, like, let's just say like, we take care of around, let's say 4,000 guests a yeah. day. Can you imagine, I have to push a trolley cart of 4,000 cans of Coca-Cola per day. So the, the, the logistics of it is immense. Um, uh, you know, some people when they hear this, they're like, oh my gosh, uh, such manual labor, you know, it's yeah. so tough. What are you doing? You're at age of 16 or you should be enjoying yourself. But I think for myself, um, maybe you had a similar experience, and of course, because you, you, you've been doing the hospitality since, uh, since young. But you gain an appreciation of the whole hospitality. You don't take things for granted. Like yeah. Everything that you have in your bar or in your restaurant comes from somewhere. So you actually under have a full understanding, a full spectrum of all the whole business. And then you don't take things for granted at all. So then you, you really gain a bigger, better understanding and you, you become more humble when you think about business. It's not just like, oh yeah, this is, I expect the champagne to be here. I expect the wine to be here. No, you know that there was a process. There's a lot of uh, works that has been done behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it. And that's, that keeps us very excited, uh, you know, to, so, to develop when I'm young. So I think what your parents wanted to learn about the, the basic um, requirement to 100%. work in F&B and more experience that actually how people work within the within the within the company. Of course, of and course. And so you can when you grow up like right now you looking after the family business. Yeah. So like um I've had to you know you just grind it out a little yeah. bit, but it's actually good. Like when you're young, you're like a you're like a blank slate. You'll do anything. Yeah. I was fine. Like you know, age 16, 17, 18, before even college, I'm like you know whatever. Just dump me through the deep the deep ends, and I'll I'll learn wh whatever needs to be done. So um, I did that, and but I had a better. Um, I did this, but mainly in Hong Kong. But actually, during uh, a college or after college was when it got even more interesting. So it kind yeah. of developed from there. After I got a chance to do like a rotational program with all the different parts of operations. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of um, your education, you also study in hospitality? Oh no, actually not all. Business. So funny enough, <laughs> I, I have no hospitality educational experience at all. I think hospitality just came natural yeah. uh, because of, I, I think uh, hospitality is not something that you actually learn in school, to be very honest with you. But people go to school, very expensive schools. In. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I mean, I, I don't disregard them. They're great schools, it's, it's 100%. But I think hospitality is about your mindset and the culture and your upbringing. That's hospitality. Because at the end of the day, you're dealing with people. So you need to know how to, like, you know, as long as you're kind-hearted and you have a right, right mindset, I think that's hospitality. You know, like you invite people over to your house for dinners, you, you know, treat people for lunch. You, you're, you're, always, you're always wanting to give. And if you have that kind of mindset, it will translate from the personal space into your workplace. That's yeah. hospitality. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm so happy that I'm waiting for the invite from you for lunch. Actually. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> my, uh, my, my cooking isn't so good, so um, you have to wait for a few times. You know? I'll, I'll be preparing my home cooked food. <laughs> from the from very young, um, younger age, yes. did you already have that mindset that you wanted to do uh, and help the the your uh, family business or you has some sort of different uh, mindset because as, as a parent myself yeah, of course. we have our own um, goal for our kids you know we want them to be something that that probably they don't want to be right mm. but how do you have this same no I, 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 I understand what you mean because um, sometimes like you're saying that oh people like the parents sometimes put their expectations yeah, yeah, yeah. of their yeah, missed expectations yeah. of what they th what they didn't get to do yeah. and they put it onto their kid and they put the pressure and like okay so <laughs> you're gonna do what I didn't do you're gonna get that PhD you're gonna become that you know 
well, I, I was quite fortunate. So um, um, my parents actually were, you know, what they felt was important is that as long as you get a good education, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's your choice. Whether you want to join or not, that's completely your choice. So, in fact, my first job wasn't actually in the family business at all. Oh, you worked somewhere else? I worked somewhere else, 100%. So, like, I actually was working uh, in, like, other hospitality things um, just over all through like summer jobs uh, in the college first so, like I was working in Shangri-La as a concierge, bellboy, reception, VIP rooms and so forth and then I um, after college my first job was actually in a startup company I was working for an internet startup company uh, in Beijing so I actually went to Beijing for my first job for one year wow. and I was uh, it was a mobile game publishing company so I was there uh, learning how to you know uh, launch out the likes of Angry Birds in mainland China. So I was into that kind of like uh, area. I just wanted to try something completely new. I was in the tech scene. I was in the. Uh, I wanted Did to be you enjoy that part of life, or you just? I I, I completely I, I enjoyed the work very much. It, it's pretty cool. Um, but the startup scene was a lot of grinding, and it's it's great. Um, but at the end of the day, I was looking at. I I had to think about the prospects of where I want to be. And then when uh, it just so happened to be on that same year, like um, after that first year, I did yeah. my first job. Uh, we, my, um, my parents uh, and the company secured a very big business in Hong Kong, which actually, which actually acted as the catalyst for me to join. And that was the um, Cathay Pacific. They opened yeah. up the new lounge called The Bridge. Yeah. And it was the first one that they're gonna do, like a major big renovation. And immediately they are like, "Hey, this is a great learning opportunity. You should come in and join the business, and you know, get your hands dirty and try to learn everything from A to Z." So that was my my first foray. So I, I quit my job in uh, in Beijing, and I said, "You know what? This is the best way for me to learn. Why don't I start young and go straight into it?" When was it? Which year? It was in the year of two thousand fourteen, actually. Oh, yeah, in two thousand fourteen. So that's my my first foray. But then after those, like after I did that, I mean, you have to do what was super interesting. I mean, you know, sometimes like when you do some jobs with outside, you don't get that much uh, exposure because you're sometimes limited. Even if you join some other hospitality yeah, companies, yeah. you may be like, oh, you only deal with the customer service then. You only deal with you know the kitchen end. From uh, when I joined, you have to take care of everything. You have to be both, you know, the uh, the uh, person that does the construction, the uh, the project management, the kitchen, um, the customer service, the the the, the food, the F and B, like everything, the sales and marketing, the finance, the HR, you name it, A to Z. So you actually learn how to run a business as a whole. So that got me really interested. And I think after that experience, I kind of got the bug, and I was like, I need to actually continue this. I want to try and, and you know see where this takes me. Yeah, forever. no, <clears throat> first time when we. Uh, discuss about one of the projects that didn't happen together with us. Yeah. The, the I realized that how many hours you work because you always send a message like 3 a.m. and then when you send an email and you reply me at like a, like an 8 a.m. I was like, what this guy never sleep? <laughs> I still sleep. I don't. I still don't sleep. <laughs> I still don't sleep. Uh, no, no, because um, I, I mean, like once you once you get the bug, like it's you get addicted to it. You just want to continue, and um, it also helps because um, a lot of our businesses are, it's not just based out of Hong Kong yeah. so I said that like, we operate in 80 airports so like in terms of continent wise like we operate in Asia Pacific we operate in uh, Middle East in Europe in the Americas uh, the Indian subcontinent and so forth actually every 
every continent except for Antarctica okay. is where we operate in. Antarctica doesn't have airport, I guess. No, not yet. I yeah, think so. so. <laughs> opportunity. opportunity. Yeah, so, so certainly there's multiple time zones that we have to achieve. So like, you know, you kind of get used to it. You, I'm like, I'm always on my phone all yeah. half the time, but uh, you get to enjoy it. Like, you live and breathe the business. Yeah. yeah. And now, um, hot topics. Yeah, please. Um, how do you think about work-life balance? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, hot topics. Hot, hot topic. topic. Well, no, no. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned this word because like, that's the buzzword that you yeah. always hear. I mean, I know I'm uh, as a young gener. I'm supposed to be the younger generation. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm supposed to like, you know, adhere to this and like, yeah, yeah work-life balance. It's great. But I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, I'm very practical. I mean, yes, work-life balance is great, but you, you need to put food on the plate. You know, like, thing, work is like, let, things don't come so easily on a silver platter for you. you we need to work. So, like, I mean, I want to kind of translate this into a, maybe a, a conversation that we had yeah, yeah. Uh, earlier okay. on before. Like, in Hong Kong, I mean, not just Hong Kong, but this is a global problem. Global problem, I guess. After COVID, there was some phenomenon that happened. We, we didn't, it was, at first, during COVID, it was a demand problem. There was not enough customers coming into our lounges or all, any of our airport hospitality facilities worldwide. But now COVID was a little, like, a little over. Now what's the problem? It's not demand. It's supply. supply. It's labor shortage supply. It's so, there's none of it. I'm like, a lot of those people who traditionally worked uh, in the airport, or I mean in the hospitality, let's just say, I'm sure yeah, that even, even for us, same thing. Same, same, same yeah, situation. like they don't want to come over. And then when, when a lot of times we ask all those previous employees or those candidates, uh, when we tell them about the work nature, they say, oh, is there work-life balance? Like, you know, I, I only want to work on this hour to yeah, this yeah. shift. Part-time uh, only. Part-time only, you know. Um, do you allow me for hybrid working? Mm. I mean, it, it, it's great, and I understand, I understand, but when you're working in hospitality, there's only so much you can do when, you can't do hybrid working when you're in hospitality. You have to be in front of the customer and guests. So it's a, it was a little uh, challenging. I'm sure in Hong Kong, it's, uh, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, I'm not sure about your uh, in your well, business, Kagan, in your, in, uh, in your industry. For our industry as well, uh, three years back, there was a lot of people that were looking for jobs and yeah. we have a less demand. Now it's like a more demand, less supply. Mm, exactly. Um, I don't know, it's changed because of people stay at home and they realize, okay, you know what, I can actually, I don't have to worry, I can actually survive, so yeah. why do I have to uh, put too many hours? But it's a different mentality that we talk is uh, what you want to achieve and where do you want to go. But definitely, I also believe in uh, work-life balance. But I don't know yet because we're going to this one as a kind of a... We, I mean, we know, uh, as, a, as you mentioned, probably, let's say, uh, last generation, they know better than us. They focus on probably work, work, work. Because yeah. that's a different generation. Now, we in this time, we kind of uh, understand love or a work-life balance. But I still don't know how. <laughs> I'm still figuring yeah. out today, so if you, if you have the answer, please let me uh, please let us know. But you know, it's it, it's important there. But I, I think it's um, it, it it I mean like for our industry, I, I think this is uh, ever more important. Like, it, I mean, I, maybe this is like a I'm not sure it's the right topic to talk yeah. about, but sometimes like um, we have to sometimes have to reinvent ourselves, and maybe this is the this is the new world that we live in. So some things that we've done as a company. This is not just Hong Kong, but just in general, we've had to kind of change ourselves. Like, you know, if a business of ours relies 100% too much on labor supply, 
if we can't change the labor supply because of uh, external factors, we have to change ourselves. So in some cases, we innovated. So what we did was that we automated things as much as possible. Oh, that's so, another so second topic I'm going yeah. to talk to you. So like, instead of like, you know, traditionally I would hire, like just say for, to run a lounge, maybe 30 people. Now with some technology and innovation uh, that we're exploring, we can run that same operations with the same number of guests now with 20 people. So like we save ourselves like almost one third simply by employing technology. So give me give you an example of technology. So instead of having like uh, so many check-in uh, uh, check-in agents yeah, yeah. Uh, inside the lounge, for example, we would have people who are have a self-check-in kiosk. So you just need one person or a self-check-in kiosk and planning to have uh, lounge e-gates uh, over there so then people can come in and out anytime they want. They can actually order their own food. if uh, They don't need to actually have so much like um, you know, manual labor work being done. So, I mean, like we've changed the behavior. And the example, like we started to actually, you know, trying to change the behavior of some customers. Like in, after they finish their meal, we get them to put it back into like a tray where they put it, like you know, where they can clear that they don't just leave it onto the table. And then having a, a one of the waiters or the F and B attendants to go clear the thing. So it's like small things like this, but they add up uh, in a bigger in, scale. In a bigger scale. But yeah. the thing is, um, me and um, uh, one of our very close friend Andre, shout out to yeah. Andre, he's gonna listen. <laughs> um, he told me that um, in the future, AI is gonna kind of replace most of the job, and but hospitality is something that they can't replace. People. You cannot replace a human touch yeah, at the yeah, end of the yeah. day with an AI. I mean, yes, you can do a customer service help desk, that's fine. You can, but uh, self check in, please, yeah. you can. But is the AI gonna, uh, uh, can you eat an AI? No, <laughs> food is food. Yeah, and so like that, there are, so I think like sometimes that people always think, oh, AI is going to take over. But I think we have to think twice, like actually AI can actually help us, but we just have to uh, find the right placement for it and, uh, and make it like synergize together with our hospitality industry as a whole. And uh, do you think that AI will uh, kind of take a job for the people who work for uh, numbers? Like right now, even X, the Microsoft and this, the Photoshop, <laughs> you can just put their stuff and you know like will automatically create or maybe calculate do you think yeah. that's a that's a chance um, i yes there's certainly a chance but i, I always look at, i always look I like to look at things on the bright side so how i see it is that there's today i mean even in our group i mean just like any uh, business or hospitality business uh, there's a lot of inefficiencies sometimes when you just purely uh, rely on manual work which are done by uh, you know humans like yeah. accountants and so forth there's always something that they're going to miss so instead, like, or customer services uh, agents and so forth. So instead, like, we should use this. I, I 100% believe that as a hospitality industry, we can use AI to actually help us. So something that we're exploring. So just to give you an example. Uh, in the past, we have our customer service uh, help desk, right? Um, then anyone that has inquiries, uh, they will call this help desk and there's an agent that will answer. Yeah. But it can't scale up. Can you imagine I have, um, you know, I just said, like, remember, like, we have a few million people yeah. coming through our facilities. Just, you know, just ten percent of that, and imagine everyone's making a phone call. How many customer service agents can I can I hire twenty four seven all around the world? But if you can actually manage to get an AI, and that's something that we're exploring on the background, a virtual AI that can actually be able to answer all the inquiries, you can make it more efficient, and I can have my have our staff be more focused on customer facing activities and let the grunt work be done by a tech, uh, by uh, by an ai instead so like, there's a there's synergies there i mean we haven't perfected it yet but yeah. I, I i like to see it on the bright side so there is a 
But um, my question is, is, do you think it's going to replace the, those, uh, those places that we, we need, a, let's say we need a finance team? Do you think we need, we're going to need a finance team in 10 years? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I have to be careful, you know, I don't want to say it, <laughs> but, no, but um, no, I mean, I mean yeah, I, certainly, but like I said, like, maybe they'll help to do the, the uh, if they'll make things more efficient, so like certainly the inefficient works, that can be done by uh, AIs, but like the, then the, and let the analysis, let the people who are actually, you know, doing the analysis, let that be human, but, you know, the, the, the grinding of the figures, building a model, yeah, yeah, yeah. that can be done by AI, you don't need to waste time, so like, what used to take us maybe 10 days, uh, you know, for a financial analyst, yeah. they can do maybe in two days because uh, they have AI to back it up. So, I mean, it's things like this, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, that's, that's, uh, you really put it very nicely. <laughs> so, how, where do you get this very positive energy? I always talk about people in our podcast, the positive energy, because you, look at you, when you talk to about, when you talk about this, yeah, what do you do? And you always like very bright. You're like, yeah, we, yeah, we're gonna do it. And then what? What is, is it? Like your lifestyle? Like you don't drink? Um, oh, you drink a lot of water, so you drink a lot of water. I I, <laughs> I, I, I thought you said like, do I not drink? I mean, like, I, I, we met in uh, yeah, we met in your bar, so like, I think I definitely drink. <laughs> so so um, is this a lot of um, uh, like what do you do to? get an energy that you always ready and you know no, like, I mean like I, something I, that we can learn oh no sure like I mean always just have like a have a positive mindset that's always very important I mean yeah it's very important to always like have positive mindset at all times because you, you start thinking like all these negative thoughts it'll just bring you down like you know you just you just gotta do it you know just just gotta uh, keep rolling and um, you wake up in bed and, and just uh, wake up to yourself and say hey what's driving me like for me, like when I wake up, um, yeah. What's your what's your uh, like a normal day schedule? Oh, okay. Normal day schedule, like uh, you know, I wake up, uh, go to work uh, near the airport because that's where our office is. Uh, I certainly have several meetings already. Talking about, uh, you know, I get my department to give us a meeting brief about all what's going on in different countries. Then I go into probably uh, finance meetings. I get a lot of meetings just in general. Then sometimes I talk to clients. Uh, at times, I then walk the shop floor uh, within uh, the Hong Kong International Airport. Uh, and then uh, a lot of it is just meetings that we, we do and, and all, a lot of brainstorming sessions because we have to talk, we have to think about the strategy in the future. But what I was trying to kind of highlight is like what kind of motivate, you have to have something that motivates you yeah. when you wake up. So for me, what may, motivates me is, you know, it's not money. You know, money is one thing, you know, you, you, anyone can get money, but it's having, having the opportunity to be able to shape how the industry is. And you're making a difference and you're setting a legacy that's what actually motivates me the fact that hey you know uh, what i do is going to be affecting people and they're going to no, be enjoying and it brings smiles to people's faces like they enjoy it they, they thank you for it and i mean that is something that you, money can't buy and you just feel like, wow you know i really like, made a difference like that's a of, something important a lot of people that get a job in yeah. as a premium if you count now that's you guys provided a lot of job and then whoever i meet i met two three people who yeah. with, like they really talk about personally like they know you and they talk about the, the about the company and i just we just talk about it one of the um one of sir actually who worked with you guys for yeah. 25 years and his uh children's also going to work with you guys and you know that's uh, this 
insane that how um, yeah. <laughs> how much people have trust on your guys company this this you can see that like you know, yeah of course no like for us like we're uh yeah we're we're a family business business family but at the same time we treat those who've been working closely alongside with us just like family you know family slowly grows family doesn't mean that just because of your blood yeah. family is because you 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 uh you you go through similar experiences like they're our family our colleagues are our family we see it as an extended family I mean, I like to kind of emphasize, like, for our group, uh, in Plaza Premium Group, uh, we we have like our like uh, our core values. So I'll I'll just I'll share with them. Like, we easy. It's make it easier. It's called trip. T R I P. Trust, respect, integrity, and pride. These are the kind of four trip. I mean, if you're going on a trip, right? It makes it easier. I good acronyms. But it's very important that all of us kind of follow this, and that's how. The mindset that we uh, that we follow whenever we uh, you know do our business or we do our daily life and it extends across the moment that you just have all these four elements in place everything else will follow so it's quite important uh, for us like, uh, as a family business as we continue to expand and grow yeah, yeah. but uh, okay getting back to you so your schedule so you wake up go to work and that's it there's nothing between lunch you know you go swim, oh sorry okay gym. <laughs> I wish I went I used to, okay so like I used to like uh, luckily, it's only a face view. Like you're not going down view, man. You're <laughs> so I, I, I used to be a lot fitter back in the day. I'll, you're fit. You're fit. Well, fitter. I used to do a lot of like Oxfam trail walker events, oh. you know. So I, I did it four years in a row back in the day. Like so, I hiking 100 km. Yes. The, those uh, events, but um, I kind of stopped it now because I was just getting a little busier and maybe lazier. <laughs> no, but um, I used to uh, work out a little, like uh, you know, at least three times a week back in the day. So. But I think it's important, you know, in, in this case now coming, drawing back to work-life balance, yeah. um, I think it's quite important, not just for your fitness, but also for your mental health, to at least find some like, outlet to kind of balance yeah. it out, so yeah. It's very important, I, we all, I always tell our staff that work, yes, we want to work, we have fun, and we party is very different, very normal, but we need to find something that we do out of work. Mm. You know, like, and then this is why uh, some of our, some I see some of the people work in the industry, they're here seven days a week, mm-hmm. even on their day off. Yeah. Like, one of our staff, like, I was telling him yesterday, I was so scared of you. Like, well, because you're here on your day off, you're here on your work, right? You need to find a, I mean, you need to find a life. <laughs> because why is, you word, I use the word scared, because if you push so much on something, like, if you see, it's going to break one time. So right? you're going to burn out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I get it. You, you get, yeah. I get your point. You get your point. So um, we definitely need to find something out of yeah. uh, out of our profession yeah. to kind of, you know, like uh, interact. And oh, like, for sure. For your oh, I mean, like for yourself, like what was that? What was that? Oh, kind I, of? I, was, uh, uh, I always go to, uh, I love hiking. Oh, I love yeah, hiking. I, love hiking. Yeah, I think I, I, I saw <laughs> yeah, yeah, your yeah, photos yeah. of hiking. I love hiking. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Um, yeah. And I do a lot of uh, uh, martial kind of stuff. Last year, actually, I did four months for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I really wanted to continue. Oh, that's super, yeah, well, that's it's, super it's cool. That's super cool. I yeah. mean, I really loved it. And, and I, I, try, I do like a three or four months. Yeah. But then I'm, we opening our two venues, you of know, course, like yeah. we got busier. And I always tell my um, professor that we're going to come, we're going to come. And I was like, now it's still, still now. But now is, uh, um, I do uh, Swimming and uh, a little bit of running. Wow, uh, you do everything actually. Morning, morning time. Yeah, that's, no, that's <laughs> no, because we don't have to come very early. So far, of course, I mean, of course. If you if you choose if you not choose not to, yeah. but because we finish late. Um, but I tend to wake up 
early because if I normally nowadays the drinking also stop a lot. Yeah, yeah. People are laughing at them. Wait, what? you work in a bar, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure. No, it's at yeah. least at least not no, not not I, kind of a. I no, got you. Yeah. I got you. And when I tell people like um, we can, um, kind of hold and like can be sober for a week a month. People are like what? But you work in a bar, you taste. It's very different tasting. Tasting and drinking. And, yeah, and yeah, drinking is a different. two it's different thing. Like I mean, I don't know, for some people, some people are tasting also they can get the drink, but 100%. for me, um, what I'm tasting that I'm totally is not drinking, but when I'm drinking, that's a drink. <laughs> yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen that yeah, side yeah, of yeah, it just yeah. yet, you it's know, totally but <laughs> we'll see one day. So, it's very uh, um, moderate now, I would say. Okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't believe and I wouldn't say like people, if you work in F&B, then you have to drink, but, mm-hmm. but you can't drink sometimes. Okay, that's we're not good. promoting alcohol, but yeah. <laughs> no problem, no yeah, problem. Yeah, we're not promoting alcohol. I, I, yeah. I, I, no, no like, as like personal base, sorry, like um, then I mean like yes, uh, maybe like I I I what I what I did in, um, in the past was like uh, you know I go running. Yeah. Uh, I would join a lot of those trail um back yeah. in the day like trail races. I really wanted to join, man. I really yeah, wanted. To, yeah, trail races. Kilometers, right? Twenty-five km to thirty km to fifty km to the hundred km. And then quite recently, because of COVID, like uh, I picked up a really, um, a really interesting sport, What's that? which uh, I actually picked up sailing. Sailing. I'm a sailor now, actually. I would not. You got your license? Uh, I have my license. <laughs> I have my PVOC license, level two, uh, the exam. Yeah, I did that. So um, I picked it up because, like, during COVID, you couldn't actually go anywhere. You can't go to the gyms. Yeah. Uh, everything is kind of closed, and I was like, okay, what can you do? So I was quite fortunate that I. Um, there was some like family friends or uncles that um, that actually sailed, so I was like, hey, I'll just join together. I picked it up. I was like, wow, this is really fun. So that's a, uh, s- sailing. Okay, just to just to understand. Yeah, sure, sure. So sailing also when you when you uh, like to sail. Yeah. That's a sailing. Correct. But I think the sports you're sailing is more like. That's the, that, you know, I don't know what kind of boat you sell. Oh, no, no. I, so we sell those big boats. Well, I, I think I know what you're referring to. Like in America's Cup, like they, they, like they sail those boats that go 100 kilometers uh, yeah, an hour. Yeah, no, yeah. no, that's not. <laughs> I, uh, probably like a maximum maybe like 20, 15, 20 km uh, an hour. But it's actually still pretty fast. So you have to lean out onto the side and uh, together with a group of people. You have to pull a lot of rope. Uh, you have to kind of read the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's nice and comfortable. It was a that's really like fun a, sport. That's like a uh, natural sailing. Right? There's no, there's no engine or anything. No engine, yeah, no yeah, engine, yeah, yeah. no engine, no engine. I know one person actually who uh, see, told me that that's the only first one yeah. and you're the second one that... So how hard is it? Oh, it's uh, it's a, uh, it was a, actually it's difficult at first, but once you get the hang of it, it it's a lot of fun. You just gotta mix. You gotta make mistakes first, and then it looks silly. Fall in the water a few times, and then you'll pick it up straight and away. How much is the sunburn actually? That's something people are uh, worried about a lot. <laughs> I used to be, I used to be fair. This is this is me. This is me post sailing. <laughs> no, see, a lot of, because you're yeah. gonna be like a you're gonna hours. be roasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna yeah. be roasted underneath the sun. For sure. Does it that the the sunscreen work? Because normally people tell me this word, but I. I for me, it never worked. I, I, don't, I don't believe the SPF, you know, like, yeah. I, I've been using 40, 30, 40, 100, it's the same, so, the same you know, right? I, I don't know. So, for the SPF company, that's a, that's a scam. I was going to say that, right? okay, sure. That's a scam. So, um, do you have work in, and then, um, 
so seven days a week do you work or do you take off? No, I, I certainly I work like five days a week. Um, but then every now and then on a Saturday, Sunday, like I do sometimes go into the airport uh, to just walk around on the on the weekends. Or I'm also like I will usually take like maybe a half a day just to kind of focus on uh, planning what's going to happen and in, in the rest of the uh, rest of the different networks because like maybe sometimes like it's it's during a weekday it's non-stop you don't get, actually get time to reflect and I think it's so important like during the weekends I get time to reflect and sit down and strategize and plan out what we want to do into the future yeah I, I wanted to tell you something like which is really cool so yeah. I, this is like in the beginning so like I told you like how I when I first started um, I you know I, I started off in like, like uh, in 2014 yeah. uh, over in Hong Kong but I think what's important like and I think this might be relevant to your listeners is don't be scared of taking chances. I, I know that's it's very cliche, but yeah, yeah, yeah. any opportunities, go for it. Especially when you're young, go for it because you just never know. So um, people sometimes the people feel, will feel like, oh, you know, I'm not qualified enough. I can't do it, so I'm going to hold myself back. But if you continue to hold yourself back, you're never going to get a, a, you know, you know, grow. I'll give you an example of how how much in the deep end I was thrown. So after my experience in Hong Kong. Um, so they're like, hmm, it's, it's, it's great. And my next posting, surprisingly, was in a location that I've never been in. I was based out of Abu Dhabi uh, in the Middle East. Yeah. It was our first operations in the Middle East. We have no one there. They sent myself and uh, a few other colleagues there to take over an, uh, three lounges. Uh, and originally, I had 400 people that we had to convert into our company. It was an existing lounge, but we had to go there. It was three lounges and one mini hotel. Suddenly, like someone like me, uh, uh, back then, a 20, 21, 22 year old kid going there, you know, um, having to, you know, take over a business, having to set up a company, deal with HR, deal with um, their visas, uh, dealing with uh, talking to suppliers, building up a, a business case, uh, you know, speaking together with the airport, dealing with construction, dealing with project managers, uh, dealing with everything. It was, uh, it was a little wild. And, I, 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 this whole time, like, I was like, oh my, I was, at first I was a little scared, I'm like, oh no, the HQ's in Hong Kong, but you send me to the Middle East, I have no one to back no, me yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think, like, you get past that fear, because you realize that actually, it's not that hard. You just gotta do it. But before that, before you go, do you have a like, second thought, or do you, is it gonna be too tough? Is, you got nervous, you got scared? Like, no, I was like, you know, I love this. I, I guess that's just my personality. Yeah. I just go straight into the deep end. I'm like, why not? I'm young. Uh, um, I can, you know, I can I get a chance to learn. I get to be in Abu Dhabi. Why not? So I, I lived there literally for six months uh, to build the business. And within, <laughs> okay, this, within those six months, do you get this um, time that also you got like, oh my God, this is over. I mean, it's two months, like probably, like, you know, kind of breakdown that happened to you? Not so much. It was overwhelming a little bit because like, I, once again, I'm a 21, 22 yeah. year old kid. I'm talking to the CEO or the C-suite, uh, the director grades of these airport groups. Uh, it's not just about like the people, but the culture is different. I yeah, mean, yeah. Like, you're, you're dealing together with uh, people from different cultures, uh, especially in the UAE. Like there are different, uh, you know, um, people from different ethnicities and so on, and, and different ways of working in a business. But I think that's the beauty of it. You know, you don't, you won't grow until you try and you get that exposure. So as much as I, I'm so glad that I got that exposure and got. I was able to uh, dive deep uh, uh, from that end, respectively. Yeah. Um, 
but you may you manage it and then you you did it pretty well and uh, I think we did it I think we did it pretty well it was yeah. our first Middle East operations that we did in Abu Dhabi so it was uh, very nice like I, I remember like we had around like oh, 400 colleagues but like almost 200 of them are from the Philippines for example and then we'd have to kind of uh, I we'd have to sit down and interview each one of them and then say oh if, be, if it's a bartender be up there working for the front desk housekeeping we had to make sure that the uniform is there make sure that accommodation is done there were so many tick boxes that we had to do just to make sure that we had a live operations and, and so on and so forth no I think when you just telling me about this stuff and what you're just saying colleagues that also, I, I realized that you don't call them stuff. You, oh, no, no, you know, of course. I mean, like, it's, it's, I find it sometimes a little cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not it's that. Very, that, that thing you're very nice they, 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 they work together. They, they, you know, it's just like you're fighting a war, fighting a battle. They're, they're, they're the ones in the front line, shoulder to shoulder, and you've got to fight together. Don't, yeah. If you, the moment you start thinking that, oh, these people are like staff, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not right. No, we're, we're in it together. We're in a fight together. I mean... That's what made us quite unique because we're a cl uh, we're a very close community, and we're gonna do things together like a family, and that's why we're a family business, and that's how we approach our things, approach our our, our work. If you wanted to get inspired, um, where what, where do you want to look at it? What, what, where do you go? Is that in a specific place? Uh, I mean, you don't have to mention the company, and that's not like more like a <laughs> places, right? More like I know. I, I think what inspire like what's what's really good is just like to keep an open mind and just like just talk to people so um, I was uh, quite inspired when I um, quite recently in the past past uh, past years or so I other than just staying in the hospitality business which is interesting yeah. and, and within the aviations I started looking into the tech sector so uh, tech sectors which are like startup companies so there are a lot of startup companies be it in Hong Kong and other uh, other parts of the world where there are actually some startup companies which are doing some really interesting uh, innovative technology projects which um, which could somehow relate back to our business yeah. as a whole so um, I, I go sometimes go there to and I talk together with the, the people who are doing those tech startups like CEOs of those respect, respective companies and see like uh, and try to understand like what motivates them and also like what they're working on and you get to like have a different perspective I, I think that's what kind of inspires me sometimes it's just to see how every uh, how things are done elsewhere because it's very easy to kind of get stuck in your industry sometimes, yeah. but the moment that you kind of expose yourself to others, I think it's m uh, much better. Like people always say, like we we and you are like a like a future of the you know like a, a successful company that your family have. You also need sometimes a men mentorship. People always say you need to have a mentor when you whether you have to have like a, someone who can give you advice and you can filter down advice. Do you have any mentor? And oh yes, uh, certainly. I mean, like of course, the first of all, the the, the key mentor, of course, is the parents. Yeah. Like, they they will always be the mentors that like, going left to right. But even uh, even within like um, the group, the company, some of there are some executives uh, within the company who are also my mentors as well. They've been doing this for the past twenty years. Have a wealth of experience. I also refer to them, but also outside, um, I do talk to a lot of um, other executives or people who are different backgrounds and uh, and you know they share their, their different life experiences of how they run their companies yeah. uh, kind of challenges that they, they face it may be different industries but after a while you start to realize it's somewhat similar in a way like you know growing from a mid-sized company to a bigger company there's growing pains everyone has things to share so that's, uh, that's really interesting do you uh, ask them to to come and meet you because I just want to understand from in my 
uh, perspective and in my um, line of work also yeah. I wanted to see new people I want to talk to people I want to talk to CEOs and then I want to know actually what they think about F&B or anything it doesn't have to be F&B or whatever what, uh, do you invite them or you talk to them you find them on, like how do you how do you reach I mean, out to I, them you reach out I'm on LinkedIn or, oh. uh, or LinkedIn or sometimes like in conferences uh, you you meet together one or two people that you find interesting you say uh, and, and just you know reach out like you just don't have a fear because like don't feel that you don't feel that oh you're you're not good enough to reach out to these people they're yeah, yeah, so high up no that's, actually that's very you, yeah. you kind of have to kind of get past that fear barrier and just go for it just go just do it yes you might be talking to 10 people out of that 10 maybe <laughs> one will succeed nine of them won't so go for it so what you have nothing to lose go for it but if that's why you just have to be like a go-getter in, in this case so and also just be a friendly person don't be um uh, just don't be a dick yeah. <laughs> obviously <laughs> don't be a dick when you talk to people that's it you know people are human and yeah, yeah. regardless if you're a CEO yeah. or you're whatever like just don't be a dick yeah. people so, are human <laughs> so when what you're saying is like if you wanted to reach out to someone we, yeah not everyone will say yes because since they are in the top position probably they're very busy with their mm-hmm. scheduling and stuff but try your best and probably is a chance they're gonna say yes and you can meet them right yeah just like just reach out and you, you never know who what will come out of it and you know you'll you'll meet uh, people from different walks of life and you'll learn everyone has something to share everyone has a story at yeah. the end of the day everyone has a story and everyone uh, every story doesn't mean that we can uh, it has to relate to us mm-hmm. but it's definitely kind of give us a different perspective of the, the their life right 100% 100% what's the what's the future plan for you now what's the future uh, plan yeah, for me yeah. personally or your future no, f- yeah <laughs> okay. Okay. kids marriage <laughs> <laughs> oh you oh, yeah. okay, okay. Sure, I better no I'm not I haven't even told my parents on this one I haven't told my family and my friends I have a friend actually who, who doesn't even uh, who doesn't want to get married doesn't want to have kids okay so I mean not, not that plans <laughs> like uh, what, what's, what's your um, let's say you what do you want to what's your goal now because you, you I'm sure you've been busy you've yeah. just been opening a lot of um, uh, sure sure I mean like something that we've been trying to do so like I, where I first I started the, the conversation we focus on just doing airport lounges right so of course what we want to do is to build a network of airport lounges all over the world so uh, expand that that's number one our, with our own brand but we also want to help white label lounges too so what do I mean by white label we do it today so we help uh, airlines alliances and financial institutions actually uh, build lounges for them and develop it for them as well. Oh, more like a consultant? Oh, uh, not a consultant in some cases. Some, in some cases we invest, in some cases we operate. So a lot of people don't realize it, but in the background, yeah. that's us. So I'll give you some names. Uh, we, uh, we run some, uh, we operate uh, Cafe Pacific lounges in, in some uh, airports around the world. Oh. We operate some lounges for Star Alliance, which is an alliance. We operate uh, some uh, financial institution lounges um, uh, in different uh, airports around the world as well. It's so always within the airport. All within the airport. Our, our space has always been the airport. But we've also expanded diversification for the future. We want to also go into a hotel business. So now we have 16 hotels in our portfolio. Uh, when I say hotels, uh, I, I'm not talking about the Sheraton, the Carlton's, <laughs> okay? So, uh, but we're, we're more like uh, in-terminal airport hotels. Uh, the smallest one that we have is 30 hotel rooms, and the largest one we have is around 280 hotel rooms, but they're all within the airport terminal building. That's the key. Oh, and it's not for, it's not like necessarily staying on an overnight. It's staying on those uh, hourly blocks maybe six hours, nine hours, three hours per se. So that's what we want to do. 
Uh, and then we also want to expand to other businesses like airport concierge, meet and greet, and so forth. So quite recently in Hong Kong, for those who are visiting Hong Kong International Airport, you'll notice that a lot of people are, you know, uh, uh, you know those people that, that drive the buggies, the golf carts. Yeah. That's us now. Oh. That's our company. So now we want to expand into doing other uh, hospitality services. So can you imagine, you, now you can go to a lounge. After you visit the lounge, you can get a golf cart that goes to, go to, to your... Uh, goes to your gate. I mean, that's an end-to-end, -end. and we're not only doing that in Hong Kong, but in other airports around the world. And then, uh, but what's what we want to ultimately do, really, is to actually develop our loyalty member base. So, we've recently launched a program called Smart Traveler, which is our loyalty program. Yeah. And with that, we you it acts as a travel rewards uh, point system, where you can use to visit any of our facilities worldwide. So we then it uses a, a single I wouldn't like to say currency, yeah. but it acts like a points currency in a way where we can use in different airports around the world and visit any lounges, any uh, airport hotels, uh, any like airport meet and greet services that you want. And who knows, we are also able to do that and expand it to travel retail. We can travel to car parks, anything within the airport space. So all that is quite interesting to be able to create something like really an ecosystem. Yeah. We want to create an ecosystem for our members at the end yeah. of the day. Ecosystem is very important. Yeah. What Apple that is. Well, Apple, Apple, Amazon is that. <laughs> but uh, of course, we're a small mini Amazon. <laughs> no, you're so not, you're not. We, we, we're slowly learning from the best, actually. Man, uh, thank you very much. Of course. I really um, think that um, the, the, the things you we just talk and definitely is very insp inspiring for me. Yeah. And the people who are going to listen. Because, and then the get and go kind of energy that you yeah. have hopefully we all get that and um, good chat man thank you very much I'm the very important part that sure, sure. I'll wait for my invitation for dinner or lunch <laughs> <laughs> my my, uh, my uh, cooking uh, let's wait till my cooking improves uh, a, a little bit uh, a little bit more oh, just one yeah, last yeah, which one what do you want to say last one yeah. last night I mean sorry like you just said like oh, to your uh, to the, uh, if anything at all that you um, for, for those like you know who are thinking about entrepreneurship or just like you know just want to you know get into the business i one thing that i would like to say like as quote like in, in my opinion is you know it's very important to just go out there but most importantly don't fear failure okay what you should do is fail fast but fail cheap that's very important so it's okay to make mistakes early but don't make the mistakes too late and it makes it more expensive for you. So that's why like when I say fail fast, uh, fail fast, fail cheap, do it when you're young. Then you can, uh, you know, you learn from all those mistakes and you grow and you get, become a better person for it. So Amazing. all together. So I just wanted fail to share that. Fail fast and fail cheap and follow the trip. <laughs> follow the trip. trip oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, man. Thank you. Andy. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. We'll Cheers. see you soon. Oh my god, we, oh my we did actually more than an hour. Oh, so, so sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's amazing, it's amazing. Actually, we, we didn't want him to stop, but uh, the guys are looking at me like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's cool. It's, it's amazing, bro. No, it's, no, we always chat, but I think that something that we just chat now is very, very um, important. It's going to be...